there! Welcome to episode 90 of the Wave Back Music Podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Matt. And we're here to listen to the most interesting video game music there is. What you were just listening to hails from one of the biggest cult favorites to ever grace the Super NES. It's weird, it's wonderful, and it's very, very memorable. Eat some of your favorite food, because tonight we journey into the music of Earthbound for the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Hello, Bat. Welcome, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Matt. Welcome back. I wasn't going to say anything. I was really going to let that slide, but (laughs) now that you've called attention to it. Ah, Bat. (laughs) I'm tired. Clearly. Yeah, and it's not like regular tired because we had the day off. It's just I hurt my back, and that's exhausting. (laughs) I, I remember I pulled my back many years ago, and it was the strangest thing, because I was bending down to pick something up, bending down to pick something heavy up, and I think my body was like, no, we're not picking that up. So it just <laughs> it just crushed my back, and I was like, oh, so I was out for a week. Um, yeah, I was doing yard work, and I was uh, just mm. raking, raking and dancing, so I was listening to some good music on my headphones. <laughs> it was a good time, so I felt really good at raking and dancing, and then I played a little football with the kids, and it was awesome, and then I went inside, and I sat down for a little while. And then I stood up, and my back was just like, nope, wow. you're done. That's a new one. Yeah, and then I was done. So it's just like right there at the base of my back, just scorching, scorching, seething pain. And uh, it's been fun. But that's not what we're here for today, Matt. No. No, no, we're here for something that does not involve pain. We're here for something that involves lots of wonderfulness and goofiness. And uh, I'm pretty excited about tonight. This is... Uh, uh, as requested, this will be a two-parter. We're obviously not going to get to every song in the game, but I feel pretty confident that I picked most of the winners. But, you know, you, our usual uh, uh, warning. What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Disclaimer? Disclaimer. There it is. I know I kept you around for a reason. Oh, and here <laughs> I thought I was just a pretty face. Which is you ironic because it's a podcast. And a useful thesaurus. <laughs> yes, yeah, so our regular disclaimer. Uh, find the whole soundtrack and just listen to it, man. Uh, yep. If you if you enjoy this episode, seek out the rest, or just play the darn game because uh, it is interesting, weird, and wonderful. So, Matt, yes, sir, hit us with some history. Uh, certainly, Earthbound was released on the Super NES in North America on July fifth, nineteen ninety five, marking the franchise's first appearance in the U.S. Though in reality, Earthbound isn't the first game in the franchise. It almost wasn't even the first game to bear that name. Earthbound is known as Mother 2 in Japan, which was the Super Famicom sequel to the Famicom game Mother. The original Mother almost made its way to the NES as Earthbound, way back when the NES was still around, but was ultimately cancelled despite being effectively complete. Images of the game showed up in Nintendo Power, including the title screen that clearly named the game Earthbound. This version of the game was eventually released on the Wii U Virtual Console, complete with its original translation intact. Earthbound tells the story of a boy named Ness and the strange group of friends he finds while on an adventure to save the world from an alien threat. To say that's an overly simplified account of the game's events would be a dramatic understatement. Earthbound is a very bizarre adventure with many twists and turns, memorable moments, and of course, excellent music. The character Ness has been included in every Smash Bros. game, helped fueling the game's cult status, but the fact that it's such a unique game full of heart is why so many people genuinely love it despite its flaws. 
The game tanked when it was originally released for a number of reasons, but has stood the test of time and is regarded as an all-time classic by those who have been fortunate enough to see it through to its conclusion. The game's music is credited to Keichi Suzuki and Hirokazu Tanaka, the composers on the original Mother, and Hiroshi Kanzu and Toshiyuki Ueno. Keiichi Suzuki is probably most well-known for composing film and TV soundtracks, including titles like Beyond Outrage, Ryuzo, and The Seven Henchmen, and Oko's Inn. Hirokazu Tanaka, well, you've heard me drone on about him many times, but in case you're new around here, <laughs> Metroid, Kid Icarus, Balloon Fight, etc. The only credits I could find for Hiroshi Kanzu were on Mother 2, so I'm not really sure what else he's been up to. And Toshiyuki Ueno doesn't seem to have a gigantic resume either, but he is credited as having worked on the Mario's Picross games, so I'm definitely a fan. Earthbound's soundtrack pulled influences from all sorts of sources, including Frank Zappa, the Beach Boys, John Lennon, and more. There were even rumors that music rights issues were what was stopping the game from seeing any sort of re-release for a very long time, pointing to how certain aspects of the game's soundtrack seemed to be direct pulls from real licensed music from bands like the Beatles. This ultimately turned out to be untrue, thanks to the game showing up on the Wii U Virtual Console, as well as the Super NES Classic Edition Mini Console. Matt... What yes, is your sir. personal hint- history? What is your personal history okay. with Earthbound? Mm. <laughs> what is your personal history with Earthbound? <laughs> I really appreciate your uh, destruction of the English language, first and foremost. <laughs> hey, no problem. That's what I, I'm here for. I, I like that you're keeping me on my toes. Um, <laughs> personal history. So this is one of those games that, um, as we both mentioned up front, has been uh, is a cult classic. And it's so talked about. And so... I spent a lot of time saying I really need to play this game. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, turn-based RPGs and, you know, a good story and stuff. So it was always on my radar. When I finally got the Retro Pie, uh, I think it was like the second or the third game I played. Now, the downside to that is I never got very far. Um, I got to a certain point and uh, there was some discussion between myself and a few members of the Geekade staff about starting a new podcast, uh, which we did for, uh, I believe, three episodes um, called Cartridge Quest. And the, ga- the the idea was everyone on the show was going to play a game we never played before, but everyone talks about. And it was weird how the three of us had a lot of overlapping games, and this was certainly one of them. So this was the game that was, in theory, started that podcast. So I was like, okay, I'm going to stop playing it. We're all going to start playing it, and then I'll I'll see it to completion, but that we never tackled this game. Um, one other thing I want to bring up about this game that will always, always, always stick with me, and I know you know what I'm talking about. When it was covered in Nintendo Power, they gave out scratch and sniff cards. Oh, yeah. The scratch and sniff stickers and the yep. uh, all the ads and all the magazines. You know, this game stinks. Like. Yep. And so... so all those years ago, I used to have the subscription, right? But I never, I didn't get the game. I didn't get to play until, you know, last year or some time or something. I don't know. And so I had these scratch and sniff cards and they all smelled awful. <laughs> and I was just like, what is this game and why does it smell so bad? <laughs> so those scratch and sniff cards will forever stick with me. And like the the ad campaign, and like you said, the all the this game stinks and everything. It always stuck with me, so there was always this level of um, curiosity surrounding the game. I got to, I got, I played it. I didn't get very, I did not get very far at all. I, I may have made it up to 
the first boss. I, I never made it out of the town. I was still uh, like, okay. you, I think you, I don't know if we can spoil, I guess we can spoil the game's like 20 years old. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, there's a, like the boss of the gang, the local gang, I, I was fighting him and I died one or two times. So I was like, all right, well, I have to go grind and, and raise my level a little bit and come <laughs> back. And that's, that's where it stopped. Gotcha. And you, sir? Uh, well, uh, my history of this with this game is very fun. Um, so I remember, similarly, back back in the day, I didn't have a Nintendo Power subscription as much as I had wanted one. I wound up, more often than not, just buying things like EGM and GamePro from uh, yeah. like newsstands and CVS and stuff. Uh, and I remember seeing the ads for this game and uh, it showing up in like you know Nintendo posters and things like that, and the whole "This Game Stinks" ads and the the scratch and sniff stuff and. Uh, I just thought it looked really cool. And I remember the general consensus when this game came out was that it looked terrible. Because mm-hmm. if you remember back in that era, it was all about graphics and bits and megs and yeah. like, oh man, this is a, this game looks like a Nintendo game. The graphics are horrible. and They're so rudimentary, right? Yeah, and I remember thinking, I don't know, I think it looks pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't look as good as Chrono Trigger, but well, as detailed as Chrono Trigger, but right. it looks I think it looks really good. I like this very simplistic style. It's very well realized. And those trippy effects that go on when you get into fights are pretty pretty rad too. Um uh I wound up renting the game. And mm. I liked it okay, because I wasn't huge in turn based RPGs at the time. Like right. um especially ones that were so old school like this, you know what I mean? Like yeah. After playing something like Chrono Trigger, playing something like this is, is a bit of an adjustment because, uh, you know, you don't see your characters. It's it's very Dragon Quest uh, yes. in, in a lot of ways. So it didn't click with me 100%, but I was really charmed by it uh, when I rented it. I think I probably got about as far as you did when I initially rented it. Uh, and let's see, I wound, I didn't wind up buying it, and I went to work at Funko Land. Jeez, uh, I'm trying to f- figure out the exact time frame here, but I remember working at Funko Land, and meaning to pick up the game and just every time we'd get a copy and I'd be like, meh, I'll buy it next time. You know, it's a Nintendo game. It's never, it's not going to disappear, right? It's a, there's, <laughs> it's always going to be around just like Mario World and Mario All-Stars. There's a ton of them. So there's a I reason for that. Let them show up and sell and show up and sell. And then they stopped showing up and I never saw it again. Uh, and I was like, just completely decimated by that because then the price kept going up and going up and going up. Yep. I did eventually get myself a copy, uh, not that long ago, only a couple of years ago, from uh, our mutual friend, Mr. Matt Much. I bought a copy off of him for about $200, I think, uh, for just the cart, and I bought a repro box for it, because I'm one of those Looney Tunes that, as cool as the big boxes are, I like everything to be uniform. So uh, I ordered from UncleTusk.com. Uncle Tusk makes really cool custom boxes for Super Nintendo games and Nintendo games and stuff. Uh, and I bought a standard-sized uh, Earthbound box. That's right. It came with the, the larger box, like the way um, Mario, Mario Paint. Paint. Yeah, because yeah. so it, it came with the strategy guide. Uh, so it's a super right. big, thick box. And I do not have that super big box or the strategy guide. And I'm really okay with that because my copy of earthbound matches all the other games on my shelf hey listen to each their own <laughs> yeah makes me happy uh but when i did actually play through the game it was on the wii u virtual console uh, i didn't play through it on my super nintendo because I, I i bought the cart after i had already finished the game on wii u um and 
it took me a little while to get into it again, like to really mm-hmm. get its hooks into me. And I took my, my jolly old time with it. You see, when my, my kid was super young. Then it was John was like a year old. So I was doing a lot of playing in bursts instead of playing long periods of time. Like I didn't have much time. Yeah. And fortunately, the Wii U didn't have such a killer lineup that it took up a lot of my time to play the games on it anyway. So. Um, making my way through Earthbound was a really, really memorable experience. It got frustrating from time to time. Uh, there were definitely, I definitely spammed the old restore points and stuff like that when, when I, when areas got to really pissing me off. But <laughs> by the time I got through to the end of the game, I was like, wow, like really, wow, this game's ending is really, really moving. And, uh, that was very cool. It's a, it's such a weird game. It's so interesting and memorable. Um, but having only played through it to conclusion once, um, it was fun picking out the tracks for these two episodes because uh, on one hand, I remember all this music, and but I, I don't remember exactly everything that's happening while these things are happening. So uh, you're not going to get a whole ton of context on these tracks uh, from Matt and myself, but I'll do my very best to remember what and why these songs uh, were important and why they're awesome. So that's my history with Earthbound. There you go. And of course, when Super Smash Brothers came out and you unlocked Ness as a secret character, I'm like, holy crap, it's Ness from Earthbound. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. And I had no idea Earthbound was Mother 2. And I I think I, I bought um, Earthbound Beginnings on the Wii U because uh, they re-released Earthbound as Earthbound Beginnings on the Wii U, um, the NES version of it complete with the the old translation so it wasn't like modernized or anything like that uh but i didn't play it at all because i I bought it to support it but the wii u virtual consoles nes uh nes channel i guess whatever it is that whatever emulator they used for nes games on wii u was awful Mm. it's it is just it it's got (laughs) horrible input lag and it's not the system because Super Nintendo games play wonderfully, but the NES games they're they're fuzzy, they're distorted, they the colors are all washed out. Mm. Uh, there's terrible input lag. It's just grotesque. They're just awful. So I eventually stopped buying NES games entirely on there, um, and I'm really hoping that Earthbound Beginnings shows up on the Switch uh, NES Online thing because I that I would really like to play through that game, um, warts and all. Uh, and mm. the NES Online for Switch is like the best NES emulation I've ever seen. So, anywho, let's get to work here, huh? <laughs> yes. Let's, let's get cooking. So, uh, we are going to start off tonight with a song called Opening Credits. This is the music that plays during the opening credits. I know, it's a stretch. Um, <laughs> I, this is one of those situations where, like, you know, RPGs at the time, there's one in Super Mario All-Stars, there's one in Chrono Trigger. Uh, if you just let the game sit there on the title screen, it goes through a whole opening credits, like, sizzle reel of all the cool things that are going to happen in the game. Um, and there's one of them in Earthbound, and it's a pretty snazzy song. So let's give it a listen. Here is opening, cres- cr- opening credits from mm-hmm. ICan'tTalk.com. Uh, here's <laughs> opening credits from Earthbound. Enjoy. Oh. 
that was opening credits from Earthbound. Uh, and that is at, that, that is at once incredibly indicative of what this game's soundtrack is and completely not representative of what this game's soundtrack is, uh, which is kind of remarkable. And, and oxymoronical. Yes, quite. <laughs> That's even uh, the word. Let's let, let's call it that. Sure. Um, boy, it's just a. Uh, it's got that one little bit from uh, the four side track that we're going to listen to at some point. I don't remember which episode we're going to hit that in because the track list isn't directly in front of me, and I don't feel like switching screens. But the uh, it's just the way that it constantly like kind of changes tempo and just kind of gives you those weird little hiccups you know like it almost sounds like it's messing up or record scratching or if you're just changing songs mid-track or something it is it hits you with the exact tone of bizarreness that you should expect from this game but what it completely avoids is the the calm beauty of the music in this game and that's something that we are going to i was mentioning to matt that this is such a different soundtrack than we've listened to on the show before and a lot of the tracks are considerably more chill mm-hmm. than uh, what we usually wind up with on this show there's usually i feel like we we tend to stick with a lot of higher energy stuff and there's a lot of low energy music in this game and it is uh it is it's there because it's so stunning and so meaningful especially when you've played through the game so what did you think of this track um it's funny that you kind of mentioned how it feels like a record skipping around or, you know, just cutting something off and starting something new. It To me, it feels like an overture. You know, when you uh, you go to a, a musical or, or what have you, they, yeah, they yeah. play a little sampling of everything that's in the act. So to me, it really comes across like an overture, which I, I think is par for the course for this game. It's um, you don't get a lot of that in video games. Mm-hmm. Um, even I think even in a lot of modern video games, you don't really get that. It has to be very intentional, obviously, because you're creating it from the ground up. Um, but uh, yeah, it it lends itself really like you. I, I think if you sit and you you really watch and listen to this part before stepping foot into this game, you get a really good sense of and. I'll explain what I mean by this in a second. You get a really good sense of nothing. The game is very all over the place. Mm-hmm. There's a lot, like, you know, we said, again, said at the beginning, there's a lot of twists and turns and a lot of weird little things. There's a lot of weird big things. And, you know, it's very it's very off the wall. And so I think that the music gives away a lot and it gives away nothing at the same time. And And that track we just listened to kind of does that you get like these high energy pieces so you get an idea because they skip around so you're like oh okay this is going to be all over the place but then as you just mentioned there's a lot of like low tempo music and none of it's represented in that piece so you learn nothing about the game Mm -hmm. or they set you up for something just to intentionally you know kind of I don't know slap you in the face or something (laughs) Like, it almost makes it seem like this is going to be some really upbeat, bright, colorful, happy, sunshiny experience. And Mm -hmm. to an extent, it kind of is because it's so goofy, but it's also, like, kind of tends to hit you with the feels, uh, especially Mm in, you know, some strange fourth wall breaking ways and just how meaningful certain relationships are, you know? Like, this is really, it's, it's a really quite a special game. Um... So let let us let us move on. Yeah, uh, 
now that we've gotten the opening credits, let's move on to Buzz Buzz's Prophecy. <laughs> uh, if I remember correctly, a small fly or bee or some sort of mm-hmm. small insect shows up in the beginning of the game and kind of gives you the lowdown on where you're supposed to go uh, or something to that effect. Uh, so right. this is the music that plays then. Uh, so here is Buzz Buzz's Prophecy. Enjoy. Buzz's Prophecy from Earthbound, and I chose that track because there's a lot of, uh, there, there are several tracks in this game that are similar to this track, uh, that, that kind of give off a very similar vibe, or just are just generally structurally and, and physically similar to this song, um, and it just kind of invokes this sense of... I, I don't know. It, I don't really know how to, to word it, but I love the way that this song makes me feel, even though it is, it, it's rather simplistic. There's not a lot to it. Uh, and it's also very haphazard, you know? It's just like these big, long, droning notes and then a couple of like, doo-doo-doos, like just <laughs> seemingly randomly just tossed on top of it. But that sound, that keyboard synthesized sound that they're using for the main... I guess the base, the, the the core of the song feels so, I guess, warm, but also like like a sense of longing. I don't know. It it, it just fills me with a, a unique set of feelings. And I just, I didn't think that I could do this episode without incorporating at least one of those tracks, even though it's essentially a minute and a half of weird sounds over like four different notes. Um, I just thought it was a very important track, and I really, really like the way that song makes me feel. Is the word you're looking for somber? Yeah, to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, because there isn't... All, there, I feel like there's almost a twinge of sadness to it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, it also just feels like I have this wonderful, warm home, and it's always going to be there to come back to. Uh, so no matter how dangerous what I'm about to embark on is, I I know that I have this family at my back, uh, I guess, is kind of what it invokes for me. Well, I've got nothing to follow that up with. 
<laughs> no. Um, you know, in the context of the game, I, I absolutely agree with what you said, what you just said there. Um, I don't know that I absolutely um, looked at it that way. Uh, but certainly in hindsight, I definitely do. Um, the reason I use the word somber is because that's what I get from it. It's um, I like a lot of electronic music. I've probably mentioned it over the course of however long I've been here. Mm -hmm. um, so I can really appreciate a lot of atmospheric stuff. I'm a big fan of like, especially now, uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are doing a lot of soundtracks and a lot of their stuff is very atmospheric. Um, and so like stuff like that really appeals to me on a, on a certain level. Um, cause that kind of music, in my opinion, evokes emotions. You just brought up a whole set of emotions that this particular track does for you. And it's, this is no different either for me. It, it brings up like a, I, I I can see exactly what you're saying. Like, there's a warmth. There's um, uh, there's something textural about it. Like, like when you put on like your favorite sweater, there's like a comfort to it. There's a somberness to it. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily in the the sad uh thing, but more like um, yeah. I can't quite put my finger on on, on what. Because I, I, I'm trying to tie in what you were saying and what I'm saying. Because I think we're both feeling the same thing. I just can't. Mm. I can't. The word is escaping me. And it'll come to me, you know. It is a hard song to articulate you know, specific feelings about, I think. Um, but it does kind of speak to the just the, the depth hiding under the surface of this entire game. Because it yeah. looks so simplistic. But it's all very deliberate. And uh, it, it's it's pretty masterful, even even if you don't like the general gameplay, which there are problems with it. You know, this game is yeah. really front loaded with difficulty before you get any party members. It's very easy to get fed up with this game. Just, yes. Just Ness on his own. Like the first chunk of this game is super hard and it gets it's got a lot of structural issues as a game. But I feel that what it has to offer past the gameplay made the gameplay worth I don't know if suffering through is the right word. But, <laughs> dealing uh, with. Dealing with. Putting yeah. up with. I, I agree. And and to, I, I almost want to like wag my finger at past us, you know, you, you missed, and not you and I, but just kind of the, the gaming community as a whole. Like, uh, you know, you slept on this. You know, we were so caught up in the shininess of other things that, you know, we forget like what good storytelling is and what depth in a game can be. And then, you know, 20 years later, here we are like, oh, man, I totally should have played this or whatever. Like, yeah, I wish I had played this back then. Like, I wish I had sunk more time into it back mm -hmm. then. Yeah. But, you know, I was busy replaying Chrono Trigger and playing Super Mario RPG and uh, Donkey Kong Country. Which and... which are all great games. Uh, exactly. And I, I wanted to like this game more than I did. Mm -hmm. And much like it reminds me a lot of Majora's Mask because at the end mm -hmm. of the day I don't love Majora's Mask as a game mm -hmm. but I really do like it as an experience by the time it was yeah. done but it took me a lot of times to get through it and Earthbound was one of those similar situations where it's like I have to keep pressing on because I know there's something ridiculously good in here and once it got its it, its teeth into me like that that was it so yeah I think um to what you were saying about kind of uh, taking the uh gameplay mechanics and the, the difficulty with a grain of salt it really pays off 
and that's mm. just it is like some of the best things you don't it they're they're rough up front and then you you know you board the you know you board the river or whatever and and you come out the other side and you're like holy cow I'm, I'm so happy I did this so you know whatever I'm so ooh yeah and this is and and again this is just a testament to the depth of the game like yeah sure it's simplistic oh the graphics are you know not to the systems you know pushing the system's limits but what it's doing is pushing the limits of the audience member and the art form in general correct all right let's keep on moving on here uh so we've got a little bit more uh, we've well i'm not gonna say more interesting music but i guess more <laughs> structurally interesting music uh that we probably won't talk about quite as long so yeah sorry we we yeah. both went on like a artistic tangent for a minute there We'll do our best, folks. Uh, so the next track is Otherworldly Foe. Uh, this is music that plays when you are in a battle with an otherworldly foe. So let us enjoy. otherworldly foe from earthbound and it certainly is otherworldly uh yes i will agree i I liked the uh the kind of theremin style spooky alien movie uh influences that it has you know it is very uh forbidden planet you know plan nine from out of space (laughs) yeah no i dig it i don't have a ton to say about it i mean it's it's weird it's wacky and one of my favorite things about this game is how you know, playing through something like Chrono Trigger and uh, Mario RPG and whatnot, uh, things that you kind of get in your head is like, well, this is what the battle music is for this entire, you know, 100-some-odd-hour RPG you're going to be spending a lot of time with. And yeah. Earthbound was just like, now, nah, depending on the kind of enemy, we're just going to give you different music. <laughs> and I really like that about it. It helps add a lot to the, uh, the game's personality. And this definitely hits the old otherworldly theme right on the head. Yeah, it certainly gives it a a level of replayability. You know, like you said, oh, it's a hundred hour long RPG. We're going to be listening to the exact same battle music all over time. 
Oh, is it boss? Okay, we get different music. Okay, great. But now we're back to grinding and we get the same whatever. Um, I will say sonically, one of my favorite uh, bits about that track was that snare. It was mm-hmm. so solid and so like tight with such a great attack. Like I just sonically love the sound of that snare. Yeah, it was a very clean sound. So yeah. All right, let's let's let us continue. Let us move on to Pokey's house. Yes, let's do it. Pokey is, I guess, sort of this game's villain. I feel like I lost a lot of the thread of the actual storyline here, but Pokey is a bad <laughs> dude. Pokey is a prick, which is uh, not to be confu- confused with Pokey and Prickle from Gumby. Oh, boom. Tying it all in. <laughs> claymation. Because this game's ads had claymation, right? Yes. I'm awesome. Anyway, this is the music <laughs> from Pokey's house. Enjoy. Pokey's house. Um, Pokey, for those who are not in the know, uh, could very well be what Eric Cartman was based off of. <laughs> He's just this fat little jerk of a kid in your neighborhood who's just like, you're nothing but kind to him, and he's very selfish. And uh, this music remind—it's just so all over the freaking map. You know, it's got—it slightly speeds up before going into the circus music and I don't know what you think <laughs> um I think it has multiple personality disorder yeah it's yeah I can see that <laughs> I think it's great I think it's great music honestly um the fact that it's all over the place is again it's another kind of um pointing finger at the gameplay as a whole like what you're going to encounter and you know all the the ups and downs and uh, of kind of just the overarching project that is earthbound mm-hmm. um it's very manic and this character yes. is manic yes yeah see this is this is um man it it's like this wow i i don't i can't speak it's like this um you know when you when you watch like a movie when you watch something as big as star wars and everyone kind of has their own themes so mm-hmm. even if you didn't know who they were you know, you hear a bit of their theme, you're like, oh, that's that character. So mm-hmm. this game is on the exact same level, giving characters themes. The, uh, I know a lot of other games do this, but I don't know that a lot of other games do this as well as this game does. Oh, I I agree completely. So let us move on Yes, to probably my favorite track. Uh, this is probably the most one of the most recognizable tracks from this game. It's also one of the most traditional video gamey songs, uh, but it's not without its own um, strange affectations that make it very distinctly earthbound. Uh, we're going to be listening to Sunrise and Want It theme. 
I know a lot of people like to call this town on it, and uh, but so the thing is, is that all the towns there's one it, Tucson, Threed, and Foreside. So like, of course it's one it because it's the number one, right? So I've always called it one it. I know a lot of people call it on it, but. I'm here to tell you that I call it one it's and it's my podcast and I'll call it what I want. I'm not going to argue with (laughs) right one at Tucson three four side. Come on, man. It's great. Uh, Anyway. Yeah, (laughs) I I love this song uh, and it brings me uh, lots of warm, fuzzy feelings. So let's listen to it. Here is Sunrise and one at theme one at theme. Enjoy. Sunrise and want it theme from Earthbound. Matt, how does that one make you feel? Um, it wow. It actually took me right back to playing it, and I haven't played it uh, probably now about <laughs> eight or so months, maybe maybe even longer. Probably um, I think I started playing it February of, of this year. Anyway, um, I I love that piece. Honestly, I spent a lot of the time, uh, a lot of my play time in the town because I didn't get very far. But uh, I like that piece a lot, actually. Um, it's like really good town music, like really good walking around town music. Yeah. Um, it's a really really good track. Uh, just kind of like 
And and I like uh, towards the end there when it's uh, fading off, you you just get the baseline for a moment, and it's yeah yeah yeah. It's very like minimalistic. Like you don't get. It feels like you don't get full notes. Almost like if you were palm muting and playing. Yeah yeah yeah. And I, I really really dig that about this track. I like that you're you're absolutely right. I agree that it's very good town music, especially like first town music. Yep. But it's so distinctly weirdly earthbound because th- half the drums are that weird crashing noise instead of a bass line. Instead of a bass drum, it's like yeah, it's just like this weird like someone's crushing a car or something. Uh, <laughs> it's alternating back and forth in the left and right. Uh, and then there's also like this kind of odd tremolo on the. Uh, I guess it's like a harp sort of sound or whatever that's playing the mm-hmm. uh, the main melody. So it's like it's just it's just left to center, and uh, it's one of the things I love so much about it. It's got so much character, and I just adore the way this song sounds, and uh, just gives you just the right feeling for the first town in this game where you'll get attacked by a hippie. You know, it's, just, <laughs> it's so weird. I love it. All right, let's keep going. Uh, so the next track is uh, still in the towards the beginning of the game, uh, and it is Home Sweet Home. And if I remember correctly, this is the music that plays when you go home. Uh, and it's wonderful. So here it is, Home Sweet Home. Enjoy. sweet <laughs> that's home sweet home from earthbound and that song just chokes me the heck up god uh it's it's very pretty to begin with but when the uh the downward scale comes in and like the first four notes are in the left the second four notes are in the right and it all just comes together to form this just just gorgeous little calming peaceful melody it just um it, it is it, it this really sums up the uh the ideal sense of home, you know, like the the storybook version of uh, of just what home is supposed to feel like, and 
I this this song just just slays me when I listen to it uh, when I listen to it long enough. You know, it's one of those songs that I've heard versions of many times. I think it's one of those tracks that's kind of reprised. I'm sure in a Smash Brothers track or something uh, that's with, with with far more energy, if I remember correctly. And it's one of those songs that I don't listen to all that often because I feel like I don't you don't spend much time when in in the area where this music is playing, but it stops me dead in my tracks when that part comes up every single time because it's just so stunningly gorgeous um i mean there's nothing i can add to what you just said it's really just hitting the nail on the head there it's it's a gorgeous piece of music um you know i think um in saying this i might be kind of uh i might be being obvious but you know for the super nintendo for the time uh, and everything that was going on, you know, again, with the new games coming out and everyone's, you know, falling all over the graphics and the capabilities and whatnot. Um, it's it's really amazing that music like this was being made, that there was like real heart and soul put into a lot of this. Like it all ties together with the story, you know, to drive the story home, because, you know, when you watch movie and, and, and TV um Music is almost another character, depending on who's uh, composing and who's directing. And so music's another vehicle to tell the story where don't need dialogue or whatever. And this is um, just a great example of, you know, back then this could have been done and they did do it and more games could have done it. Now, obviously, moving forward, there are people who, you know, who love this game that went on to create their own games and and have taken the lessons they've learned from this game and, and utilize them to make their games just as, you know, uh, memorable. Heart- memorable. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> heart string tugging tear jerking, mm. you know, experiences. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, really just utilizing what the super Nintendo could do, uh, to a sensational degree. Uh, yeah. There's one thing that's that's just so fascinating about this soundtrack is how high fidelity the instruments are. Um, yes. You, you listen to something like when we did our Donkey Kong Country episode, it's like they're just beyond amazing compositions, but the there's a lot of compression going on there, uh, and these are very video gamey sounds. Um, they were used to full effect. They sound crisp. They sound clean, and they're uh, done beautifully. Uh, this this game soundtrack doesn't sound like your typical RPG soundtrack because it's not your typical RPG. It it weaves in and out of lots of very lots of different styles, but uh, similar to say like a Hideo Kojima game, it is always aware that it is a video game, and uh, it it made really excellent use of these lower lower fed. I don't want to, I don't think quality is the right word, but you know what I mean. Like lower quality things, the same thing goes with the visuals. Uh, just doing something more simple way better than doing something super complex with compromise uh and this is a wonderful example of doing that uh just every piece of service imaginable this next statement may come across redundant uh only because we are um looking backwards at the game but at the time there had to be some level of nostalgia for a game that was just being released like making this game again we're talking about you know everyone's like well these graphics they look old like why aren't they mode 7 you know 
And you just mentioned the um, instrument choices are very, you know, uh, chiptune-esque. And so here we are now, you know, 20-some-odd years later, you know, talking, looking back retrospectively at this game, at a game that was already, I feel like, looking back, you know? Mm-hmm. And so maybe that was, uh, maybe it was, inte- you know... I mean, yes, there's a level of intention, but I don't know how deep that level of intention is. Did they want to make a great game, you know, but I don't want to say cut corners, but say, you know, give more attention to um, the content, the depth. You know, when you're rolling up a, you know, a D&D character, you know, you want more constitution than wisdom, you know, or, or whatever. You only get a pool of points. So you sit there and you say... Let's make our story great. Let's make our characters deep. Let's make our music just as deep, you know? Well, I think it was all very intentional. Um, yeah. It's it's fun looking at this game and also looking at uh, Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker mm-hmm. are, are excellent examples of just, like, horrible outcry beforehand about visuals. You know, this game was completely written off by a very large... by most of the, the Super NES audience here in America... As just like, well, this is stupid. Look at it. It's dumb. And the <laughs> ad says it stinks. So, like, why would I buy this? This, I don't get it. It looks like a Nintendo game, and it doesn't look like Final Fantasy III or Chrono Trigger right. or Duck Gun Country or any of the really amazing visual things that are being pulled off. Uh, so I'm just going to dismiss this. And the same thing happened with Wind Waker. Remember, you remember that game? Absolutely. Everyone calling it Zelda, and it's going to... Oh, he's a stupid little kid. I want the grown-up, uh, angry Link fighting Ganon. Raw. Like, these games age really well. Yep. Um, Wind Waker, even the original GameCube one, not in HD, still looks stunning. And Earthbound looks as good today as it did back then because yeah. it utilizes this simplistic approach to to everything. And I think it's really just remarkably well-realized. Fun tangent. Let's uh, move on. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, so this next track, we've played on this show before. Yes, we uh, have. Uh, two years ago, I think, on our Black Friday special, we did an episode dedicated to shop music. And I love this shop music. This is a great shop tune. Very banjo-y. One of the best there is. And the title of the track is a freaking Zelda reference. The track is called Buy Something, Will Ya? Uh, and it is, uh, it's just a wonderful, delightful little piece of music that I could not skip. So here it is, Buy Something, Will Ya? from Earthbound. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Well, what do you think, Matt? Do you want to buy something? Uh, yeah, of course. I actually, uh, <laughs> I want to go back and listen to that uh, Black Friday special. That was a, I've had a really fun doing, a uh, really fun time doing that episode. Just, that was a great episode. Yeah. I really liked that one. But this track, uh, especially, is it. This one to me is like, oh man, that's that's just <laughs> great. Ah, oh, gee, you know, like ah. Oh shucks yeah ah oh, shucks it's just, just so it's so it's so pleasant but also has this like snake oil salesman kind of <laughs> feeling behind it like because you know you're talking to the shopkeeper and half the time they're gonna rip you off or something like that it's it's very kitschy it's i, I really i just freaking love this track there is it's funny you say snake oil salesman uh so that that instantaneously makes me think of the wild west and there is uh you mentioned a banjo up up at the beginning and stuff. There's like a sort of Wild Westy kind of uh, almost uh, ragtimey like flavor to this. Yeah, ragtime. Good, good call there. I like that. Yeah, it's a great track. All right, the next uh, three tracks are going to be battle musics. So, uh, I of the remarkably uh d- variant no that's not the word uh varied ha there it is words are hard tonight man <laughs> uh, remarkably varied uh battle music that this game uh possesses so let us start with battle against a weak opponent enjoy <laughs> Against a weak opponent. I, I love like that, that track. I, love <laughs> I like that one a lot. Yeah. It has like a great vibe to it. Um I don't I, I don't know like to explain it, but I, I can't put my finger on it. But there's like, I like how it just starts off with a groove and then just completely falls apart and then gets itself back together again. It's like like just a testament to this game and how like quirky it is quirky yeah very very quirky uh yeah i I don't have a ton to say about it other than just i love the uh i love the vibe that it goes for because it's just it's when you're fighting against something that you know you're gonna beat. like it's a weak opponent it's it's got doesn't have a whole lot of dread behind it or anything it's just like all right let's beat this thing up now get you some experience points (laughs) basically yeah I also just quick shout out to one of my favorite things in this game is uh, the way when uh, you get to a certain level, 
and uh, if something that's just so ridiculously weak attacks you that would just be a complete waste of your time, it skips the battle entirely and just assumes you won. <laughs> it's one that's of my nice. favorite time savers ever. It's like, I'm like 20 minutes from the end of the game and a rat walks up to me and it just goes, done, you win. Here's four experience points. Have a good day. <laughs> it doesn't waste my time at all. I really, really appreciate a game that doesn't waste my time. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to battle against a weird opponent. Enjoy. Battle against a weak opponent. Me Weird. and Matt love ba- love basslines around here, and this song is just dripping with funk, man. Like it starts off so weird. Like, okay, we're battling against a weird opponent. It's gonna be weird and <laughs> off kilter and everything. But then, like, it just kind of it kicks in this really steady, awesome funk, and I love it. I love it. What a good track. There's always room for funk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, the it it certainly is weird because that bass line is like super awesome, super chill, and then like kind of the accent notes that play with it are almost like mm-hmm. like the complete antithesis of what the bass line is. Um, look at that! I said antithesis. We can't say hi, Matt. How you doing? Welcome back. <laughs> but I can say antithesis anyway. Um, <laughs> so it's it's very. I don't want to say off-putting. I'm not like, oh god, weird. But it's very, it it's very um, uh, hits the mark. Like, oh, this this is weird. Like, that's weird. Okay, I, you know, in the grand scope of the of uh, battling against blanks, this is just a just a good track. Because um, you really do encounter some strange uh, opponents. Oh, you do. <laughs> oh, you do. <laughs> I feel like there's a point in the game where you fight a shopping cart. Like, I'm trying to remember <laughs> all the weird things that I fought I in this game. I did not get that far. That that not only were so weird, but just absolutely murdered me. Like, oh just god, being yeah. like, oh yeah, no, okay, this is weird, but I can beat I can beat up this fly. No, I can't. Nope, I'm dead. <laughs> yep, for the fifth time. Hysterical. Okay, last one of the battle tunes. Here is Battle Against a Mobile Opponent. I like this tune. Let's give it a listen. (laughs) 
Well, there you have a battle <laughs> against a mobile opponent. It's so happy. It really is, actually. <laughs> I I mean, I don't know. It's <laughs> it, it, for, okay. I'll, I'll take over for a moment. It while well, you collect yourself. Um, it reminds me a lot of, and I I know I say this a lot too. A lot of things that remind me of. The um the mini game that was in Mario Paint with the fly swatter. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um I think that uh Nat Attack. Nat Attack, thank you. I think that left to right pan of that you know, it it I think that might be part of it, and then like kind of the main melody, whatever um synthesizer uh sound patch they use is very reminiscent. Um so of course I read the name mobile enemy and then i hear that and i think oh this this must play when you fight against you know giant flies <laughs> as as you're wanting to do um but again another great track from just a great game and you know it's it's kind of hard to find anything terrible to say about these things not that i'm looking for it but you know. yeah very few complaints uh on my end uh this was uh i like the the intro the do 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 mm-hmm. before it gets into the like overly happy and kind of silly silly bit there with the the very strange kind of bassy bass line slash drum thing that's going on underneath it it's such a weird tune but uh it it totally works for the situation that it's in and i think it is magnificent <laughs> <laughs> All right, then, uh, w- well, we're we're at the end here. We've got one more track to listen to before we send you on your merry way. Uh, this has been A Hoot, and this next track is, uh, well, honestly, I don't remember what it sounds like at all. Uh, but I know I put it on here for a reason, so here is Sanctuary Garden. Uh, enjoy. <laughs>
Okay, that was Sanctuary Guardian, not Garden. I'm pretty sure I said Garden, and when I looked at this track name, I'm thinking to myself, boy, why did I, did I pick the Garden song? Like, it's super slow. It's like so similar to the Buzz Buzz one. Why would I do that? And then I realized I think I, I read it wrong in my head, and this is the freaking boss music, and I love this song because it is such weird boss music. It is so chill for boss music, right. but it is so, like, imposing because it's just it's not it's almost like this is the boss music's it's it like the music is coming from the perspective of the boss not you so like wow. there is no sense of dread it's just i am so much more powerful and cooler than you you got <laughs> nothing on me like this just seems like this the ooze is cool and confidence and that's kind of just the way I've always felt about this song is it seems like it's coming from the perspective of the thing that you're trying to kill, not your typical boss music where it's just like, okay, things are serious, things are ramping up, and the music is is reflecting the intensity that I'm supposed to be feeling. Um, but it does also do that wonderful thing that I love what boss music does where it it screws itself up to keep you on your toes. Like every time you just you want to get into a rhythm, because you know, your rhythm, a, a constant rhythmic motion send, tends to fill one with a, a little bit more peace and confidence. And when it just like completely throws off your rhythm, like it slows down for a split second and then goes right back to the, uh, the fast rhythm that it started with. Uh, it's top to bottom, just such a great track. I freaking love this song. Uh, this is the first time I'm hearing this um, particular track, and I absolutely love it. The um, first thing, the very, very first thing that came to mind, which is ironic because of everything that's happened, uh, it reminds me a lot of a Streets of Rage song. Oh, yeah, I can, I can hear that. It's, Definitely. It's got those chill synthesizers and like, I don't want to say the lo-fi beat, but like a real chill, almost lo-fi beat. And then, yeah. and then absolutely, like uh, as, as you've mentioned a bunch of times before that it, <clears throat> excuse me. As you've mentioned before, it the the rhythm of the song, you're playing against the boss, so you're starting to get into a groove, and then it switches it up just enough to throw you a little off, because you're right. Uh, once that becomes background and disappears, you are honed in, and you can beat the boss faster or whatever, and, you know, just a little diversionary tactic, a little, um, you know... Uh, salt in the wound so to speak i guess mm-hmm. to kind of just trip you up enough you know to get you off your game a little bit i think it's brilliant and <laughs> you said uh oozing and, and all i wanted to keep saying was speaking of oozing my brain is oozing out of my ears because you just said that the music is from the point of view of the boss and not the character and that's something i've never freaking thought of <laughs> so thanks for that you are welcome <laughs> Uh, well, this has been a hoot. Uh, we're we're off to a fun start, and we've got a. Uh, um, this was, I guess, track track number wise. We only uh, covered eleven plus the intro plus the outro. Uh, the next one, since we're not going to be going through a bunch of history, is going to be a little bit longer. So don't worry. There's so much more game to get through, and uh, uh, so much more really great music to cover. So. That's our show. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, Tune in next time when we conclude our trek through the Earthbound soundtrack with part two. As always, we'd love to hear everyone's thoughts and memories of the video games we discussed here today, and you can do so on the Waveback forum page 
over on Facebook. Just search for Waveback on Facebook and you can find out more information on our next games as well as a nice convenient place to talk about them. Of course, you can always still send us an email at mail at and while you're at it, check out all our social media channels which you should totally follow, like, and subscribe to if you haven't already. And be sure to check out all the other great content we have on our site over at geekade.com. Uh, and if you're really interested in my side project, the Waveback Overplay, we just started doing Overplay of Pokemon. Uh, and I am having a real blast setting these ones up. Uh, I'm, I'm posting them as I finish them, and uh, I, I think it's the, the combining the sounds of uh, Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow with the Pokemon Let's Go Eevee and Let's Go Pikachu uh, that was released just last year yields some really, really awesome results. So if you're a Pokemon music fan, give it a try. I, I'm pretty sure you have never heard Pokemon music sound quite like this before. <laughs> Uh, so we're going to leave you guys with the track uh, that the only track that I could think of that perfectly just splits up the action. Just how do you put something right dead in the middle of this wonderful game soundtrack? What a great picture. Periodically throughout this game, a photographer, a photographer will fall from the sky <laughs> and just ask you to pose and snap a picture and then peace out. And then at the end of the game, you get to see all the pictures. It's wonderful. It's completely weird. Um, so this is a uh, this is just what that, that that music for what a great picture when the photographer guy shows up, and it is the perfect segue point uh, for our next episode, which will be one week uh, from now, because our, our recording schedule got a little screwy the previous week, so we're just going to record next week and have these uh, show up back to back. So one week away, you'll get the second half. Uh, so that's the last song we have for you and that's all we have for tonight. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.